Welcome back to Movie Issues. I'm your host, Leland, here with my buddy, Don. Hi. Uh, when we don't know what to watch, we go back to the well of Bond or Star Trek. Mm, Star Trek. And it was a Star Trek pick this time. Maybe Bond in the future. Y- you never know. Uh, there is always the Star Trek good versus bad conversation. Uh, you know, like people always say, like the evens or the good numbers and the odds or the bads. It kind of works out in theory. Hmm. I kind of don't like all that because I just like Trek. Uh, yep. So even the bad Trek is still good Trek <laughs> for me. I, I, look, the motion picture aside, not great. It's not much going on. It's mostly just showing a lot of the technology of the ship. That's great. You know, cool. Star Trek Five. It's terrible. Awesome. So it's it's you know we've covered that on the podcast before. Uh, so this is widely considered one of the better ones. Definitely the best of the next generation. The first contact, what we watched today, which you flipped out when I told you it was from 1996. I gosh, for some reason I did not realize that <laughs> you it were was like, that was like 2004. Yeah, <laughs> it did. It just dated me so so much. Yeah, I, twenty I years. Not twenty years this year. Twenty years. Well, you ago. know, Trek is on its fiftieth anniversary this year. Yeah. yeah. So gather, buckle in, people. And All it, and Trek still, this it year. It still fascinates me that there's no there's no Star Trek TV show. Well, next year. Well, I know, but that there's yeah. been this large gap. Well, that's because they wanted to try this movie thing. Yeah, but there's, there's always a built-in audience uh, yeah, for anything I agree. Star Trek, whether you're a huge fan or even just kind of a just a random fan. I think even right now, I, I, I find that there's just a lack of good sci-fi TV shows. Is well not on network. Yeah, there's, you have to go to like the obs- cable channel, right? Right, or something obscure. Well, there was a meme I saw earlier tonight on. Pinterest when I was flipping through memes and shit mm-hmm. for Trek. It was like, oh my god, I love Star Trek. I've seen, you know, that 2009 one and In the Darkness. <laughs> yeah, stop talking. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know why. I, I initially understand Paramount's decision to make a movie with the reboot of old cast with new people. Sure. It was bound to happen eventually. Yeah, it kind of had to happen. And I really like that first Star Trek movie from 09. I think that's not only is it a good Trek movie, I think yep. it's a really good movie. Then they followed it up with that. A lot of people had problems with it. Like, I it's, I found it entertaining. It's fine for entertainment. Right. But And that's as far as... I, I loved the first one. I was like, oh my gosh, they've done this. Right. Correctly, I am so. Happy. It was full of nostalgia and, and, and jokes and inside things that everyone yeah. could get, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then Star I'm so Trek in the cast as well as I was. Yeah. Everybody that's in it is like, this is a good. This is good. You They're know. And then Star places. Trek, and it tied into the old universe, which is like you're like, okay, so you're going to establish that yep. this is thing, you know. And then Star Trek in the Darkness comes out, and you're like, oh, well, the first half is good when it was its own movie, and then the second half when it turns into a remake of. Wildly considered the greatest Star Trek movie. So it's like, why would you do that? I mean, I was almost hoping they would have just maybe done a long-form movie of Space Seed. The actual episode where Khan appeared before they before Wrath of Khan. Like, fucking, you know, 50 right. years later, whatever it was, timeline-wise. I was been more interested in that. Like, oh, here's 
them first meeting Khan. Right. But no, they did this thing, and you know, um, I think it's like, it's like the, the the guys that wrote it. Like one of them, I think is uh, Ortsy. I can't remember his first. I want to say Robert Ortsy. I'm not sure. He went on this Reddit tirade one afternoon about like how all the haters out there are wrong. Like it's actually a good movie, and here's why. And there was a couple real smart nerds online that were mm. like. No, here's why it's not a good movie. And then it was kind of interesting to read the transcript. It'll always be subjective. It'll always be subjective. Uh, I do find it funny at last year's Star Trek convention in Las Vegas, like the big official mm-hmm. one, they did like a listing of from top to bottom. And um, this Star Trek in the Darkness was the worst Star Trek movie. Like it is wildly. Really? Yeah, they, it was panned. But also, it's don't take the list grain of salt. Right, right. Galaxy Quest was considered the greatest Star Trek movie ever made, and it's not Star Trek, but it is Star Trek, Star right? <laughs> so that should tell you where the the list is. Um, I'm looking forward to. I mean, I'm willing to give uh, Star Trek Beyond a chance this year. Sure, I, of it's course. a Trek movie. It's, gonna, yeah, it's take got my money. money. It's, yep, always. The Absolutely. trailer was awful. Um, I quit watching trailers. I you can't. know. What, you know what it was? Is it was a rush trailer. They were like, "We're going to put a Star Trek trailer in front of Star Wars," mm-hmm. and then half the theaters didn't even get the Star Trek trailer because the fans online hated it so much that only like a few theaters actually got it. Right. And then I, I rewatched it recently. And I was like, "Yeah, it's not. It's not a really good trailer. It, it's edited lovely. Yeah, but you know." Uh, but then, you know, Brian Fuller just signed on to be showrunner for the new Trek, and there's no one. I am so happy that it's beyond, I like, I actually tweeted at him, and I don't usually do that when I tweet in the mornings for my news reports. I don't, no, I don't, I fuck right. Twitter. Yeah, uh, that, that stirred up some excitement from uh, from a good portion of the internet. Didn't well, it? he it, uh... got his start in writing on DS9 and Voyager. I believe he's kind of can considered the father of seven of nine. Like, I don't think he created her specifically, but he wrote all her really good episodes that nice. mostly, you know, uh, and he had a treatment that he was passing around online for years saying, I want to do this. And right. they were like, well, we're going to focus on the movies. And he was like, no, that's not good. <laughs> you know, Trek is always episodic. Then do a movie. Cause it just makes more sense that way. So when they announced that he was going to do it, it was, you know, everyone's excited. But the sad part is Alex Kurtzman is also show running with him, who has wrote the last three movies that are in theaters now. No one's really mentioning his name. Hmm. Like, they're very much, oh, yeah, he's he's there, too. Like, oh, because he did In the Darkness. So yeah. people are like, you have the lot I mean, to make o- up There's for. always going to be critics. Of, Correct. Of, of everything. So, like, again, I found... I loved the first one of the of the newest ones. Uh, and uh, and I found the second one highly entertaining. So, it's, it is what it is. You know, but I, I, again, Star Trek will always get my money. It's like, it doesn't matter what it is. You can, you know... The... Um... Brian Fuller's gone on record saying that he wants Angela Bast as his captain. Uh, that, I, I mean, I'm throwing money. There, there are memes out there already. Oh, with pictures yeah. of her, like, and it's like, okay, I'm in. I, if I she's, can, I mean, if she okay said she was willing. If she has the time to do it, then I, sure. I mean, but it would, would it just she, be it, would it be a novelty or would it be serious? You know, I think she would probably take it. I I feel that most, I would say most women of color 
are very prone to want to take on the role of a Trek female character being sure. that the legacy from Ohura is so important to their, to women and women of color that I think it would be irresponsible of some ladies not to take the advantage of right. that, you know? Right. Uh, I, 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 there's been some talk online that Brian Fuller maybe wanted to take it back to the Academy. I don't want that show. Hmm. They need to be in space. No offense to the yeah. last movies. And I love JJ, but those last two movies were both on Earth. It's called Star Trek. Star Trek. I'm going to need you to be out want, in the trekking. I want to be in space. Uh, I want spaceships. And they I said want, this third one is in, in space. And, and I'm I like, that's great. All but I want yeah. all the stuff. I just don't want to go backwards in time. Like, I don't want to have, like, yeah. Angela Bassett's a teacher at Saved by the Bell Academy. And it's young Kirk and... Young right. people, right. Right. I don't want right. that show. That's no. that's not a show. No, I want I want you know, honestly. This. I want future stuff. I, I, want... I think they need to uh, ignore the JJ verse altogether and just go fifty years from TNG and call it a day, and just let everyone filter that out. <laughs> you know, like they've already said, they're actually ignoring Into Darkness as far as continuity wise. Like it's just been so oh. universally panned. They're just kind of like, well, there's one, and then there's this new one. That's tough to do. It's tough, but, you know. They're doing I, it in Star Wars. I was going to say Star Wars did it successfully. <laughs> so. That's right. It definitely happened. I, I, my only real stipulations, my hopes are for the new series. That one, it's in the future, because I don't. We had Enterprise. I enjoy it for what it is, but when you don't have no holodecks to go crazy, no transporters yeah. and no technology, it makes up for kind of Enterprise. My boring episodes. Uh and also, I feel they definitely need a woman of color at the helm at this time, or an alien, something different. I don't want to see another stuffy white dude up there, unless it's if any Patrick Stewart right. being my stuffy white dude, then there's no reason Would for you it. Say there's rumors of Worf wanting the Michael Dorn has been very vocal about wanting to Captain Worf. Like, where is he? Captain Why didn't Worf, he have right. a spinoff? You know, I don't know if I'd want to follow Captain Worf around in a show, but I would be more than happy if he would pop up here and there in the show. Yeah, and like, you put him even higher up as a as a ranking general you know, or something. Um, yeah, well, because in commander, it's weird because it's it's frustrating as a fan because the JJ verse went on and did their thing. Right. The book series continued the Picard stories mm-hmm. with DS Nine and Voyager all have happened and and those are I guess technically canon from that verse. So things have happened, like Worf went on to um, be like something really high command in the Klingon something something, and like everyone got their own ships, everyone's doing their own stuff, Picard and Beverly got married, like they had a kid, like all sort of crazy, that's good stuff. Mm. I don't need that for the show, nor the need to reference any of that material, but it would be nice to be able to continue a timeline that everyone is already kind of familiar with right. gives you gives you a nice base to start also if it's set 40 to 50 years from next generation those people are all kind of still alive cameos <laughs> can come in that's true you know like i that would bank a lot of success if they mm. threw in like i don't know, i can't think of like a war for example right, or right, right. you know I don't know, Deanna Troy pops up really old because, you know, 50 years has passed. She'd be Lakswana Troy age, maybe. 
I don't know if I want to see that, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, cameos are great. But anyway, so Star Trek in the uh, not Star Trek in the darkness. Nope. We didn't watch that. Nope. <laughs> Star Trek First Contact. First twenty time. years, nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. You Gosh. had uh, uh, you like the Borg. I love anything Borg. I always I do. Always have uh, of all the Star Treks. Next Generation is my all time favorite. Um, probably. Because I got to watch it every week, as opposed to you know the first series back in the day, the original Star Trek, you know, was mostly reruns for me when when I was a kid, um, and also my kids uh, uh, grow grew up watching, you know, watching it with me, and it became kind of a thing, and and you know Jean Luc Picard and to me, I, obviously controversial, but but to me is the best best captain. I don't know if controversial is the word. I think everyone just has. It's kind everybody's of like, got their own favorite. Every, every kind of, everybody kind of remembers their first Doctor Who. I think it's that kind of there situation. You go. There you go. They always yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah, you yeah. know. Look, I think all five captains. Yeah, I'm five. I think I think all the captains have their weeks and their ups. Like they all have positive sure. and negatives. Sure, some have. More negatives than others, and right. and somehow I, I yeah the the con the conversation of which is the better captain is just really what you consider a good captain. Right. Uh, I think it was very funny in Star Trek Generations we got to see the difference between Kirk and Picard, especially Picard is more of a tactical captain. Not that Kirk wasn't good at tactician, but like <laughs> Picard's very. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and think about it, and I'm gonna have people go do my fighting for me. And Kirk's uh, like, "Well, I'm gonna go fight." Right. And that's right there is two different. And yeah. even when they show them both fighting, you're like, "Oh, you're not very good at this, Picard." Like, <laughs> you know, this is why you have Worf and Data to oh, yeah, you know you pick go. up your slack. You uh, I'm a, I like the Borg. I'm a big fan of the Borg. Gosh, I love the Borg. I, I like the, the idea of it. Uh, it's, it just makes me happy um, when I What I really through. enjoy is, the, you know, they were on the show, and then they did the movie, and then the Borg were just gone for a while, and then Voyager was kind of dying. And then they were like, well, we'll just put the Borg in Voyager. People seem to like them. Yeah. And then the Borg had a resurgence, and they, she, yeah. Janeway fought the Borg from season four on. to yeah. the Even the last episode, they brought back Alice Krieg to play the Borg Queen. Before that, in another episode, they had a, oh, you'll find this funny because you don't know names, but uh, Mama Arrow on Arrow, mm -hmm. she was the Borg Queen. Bef she was TV's Borg oh, Queen. Wow. And then they got the movie Borg Queen to come back. So it's kind of funny. Uh, I just know. I just That's know. a I just, random bit of trivia. There. I just know things. <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> I watched, her on a, I watched her on an episode of X-Files the other night, too. So, so right. Lady Pops are out. Right. Uh, Speaking of Arrow, you know. Yeah. But so, yeah, this is true. You were kind of taken aback <laughs> that um, uh, Lieutenant Hawk is Neil Mc, McDonough from Arrow. He's uh, Damien Dark. Damien Dark. He's Dum Dum Dugan he and Captain so, America. I'm like, he looks so familiar to me. <laughs> well. 20 years. 20 years ago, right? Muscle, blue yeah, eyes. Big yeah. blue eyes. Like, oh, he's attractive. He actually <laughs> got a book, his character, from just this movie alone. He has really? a book, yeah. Uh, he was written as an openly gay character, so that was like a big deal because they don't really ever talk about sexuality right, in right. Star Trek unless it's like Ponfar. <laughs> <laughs> then it's, you know, that's fucking sex it up. Got it. But no, he has a book out there about yeah. his 
Not just how fan he, fiction. This is no, no, it's like legitimate. Canon. Like, no, I bought it. It's a legitimate book. Like, how he grew up, where he came yeah, from, yeah. how he got in the Starfleet, and then died with the Borg. Died with the Borg. It's kind of a sad book, that I guess. I haven't read it. I assume it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, but no, he's a cool new character. They, it was nice. That, well, at least he was the character that got dialogue. Like, right. I make the joke that, because at this time... Worf is not on the Enterprise. Technically. He's, he's on DS9, so he comes in to play with the Defiant, which makes right. sense. The Defiant would be used to fight the Borg. Sure. And then they beam him on. You're like, okay, that's fine. Right. And then they're like, oh, uh, Worf, could you go help out at Tactical? Well, what about the guy that is Tactical? <laughs> like, that's his job. Worf right. is a visiting tactician on the, you know, like he's that's not his ship. There's like no quarters for him. Like, <laughs> poor guy. It's just kind of like, well, but I made the, the joke to you and your wife during the the, the the movie was even an insurrection. The next one, yeah, they just had to work Worf in there. His like, reasoning is off screen. They're just like, oh, Commander Worf, what yeah. are you doing here? Off screen. I mean, he's definitely <laughs> one of my favorite characters of all time, and he should be he there. Has to be there, but it cannot have a next generation movie. It's weird Worf. to just find ways to, and then right. like by. Like a nemesis, DS9 was over, so they're like, oh, you went back to your position as tactical. Like, so, uh, in the books, he went on to be um, number one for a while to Picard, because Riker kicked Riker. rocks and got his own ship. Yeah, and Riker. he took... Uh, I wish Riker would have went away earlier. He, he took uh, Useless Counselor. My least favorite character. Ah, yeah, I, I, whatever. You know, he was the director of this one. Yeah, two, two takes Franks is his nickname. And I, and I like it, so I'll give him credit as a he's director. He's a decent director. He just made a... Riker. And he's become quite quite a director yeah. in his career. Like, that is his... He's, he's It's... I believe Jonathan Franks makes some very interesting acting choices. Franks. As Riker's character. Yeah. You, you know, like, certain things he does, like, he's very cocky. But he's supposed to be a cocky character. Yeah. But there becomes a point where you're like, well, I've been watching you for five seasons at this point. You couldn't tone it down. I get the feeling he stares at himself in the mirror a lot. It's like, uh, just, like, look at how nice he I'm walks like, like John I'm Wayne. So pretty. Oh, he's definitely got the swagger. He he, he does a John. He's Wayne got that walk. swagger. It's just too much. Uh, that, and I, I don't know. Even, I don't even know why I don't like him because it's just, it's just that he's got that cocky swagger. And it's not that, the actor; it's the character. It, but he does it so well yes. that it kind of you but know. I, no. I have issues with Troy. I not my Deanna Troy. I look, she's fine. <gasps> She's beautiful. She does she's whatever. Dreamy. She's dreamy. She's the counselor. But I love her secretly. It, I just don't, don't tell my wife. I just I just don't care. <laughs> Anything she's. Uh, I sense something. Yeah, we all sense it because we can see anger. And then they brought on Whoopi, and it was like, well, now what do you do? Because Whoopi's clearly the better counselor on board. That was a, that was an awkward thing, and because Whoopi was such a huge name at the time, and you know, an Oscar-winning actress. Exactly. Like, let's give her a bunch of lines. Give the new girl. Like, yeah. well, she's she's this big actress, and now she gets all these great. And scenes. I just felt like every every couple episodes, Deanna was brought in to get like mind raped or something, and then yeah, you know, just like Ugh. well, in this movie, you had Crusher who kind of like, hey, let's bring really down on Crusher. Let's bring her in and give her a line or two. Well, she was Miss Exposition. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but even but I, I don't know. I like they took away her red hair, well, made I'm, her. I feel that maybe that was that was a her thing. Two tone blonde, yeah, the blonde dark thing. It's not. It's the then, blonde doesn't work. And then her. literally just gave her throwaway lines yeah. occasionally. Well, the 
But so, it's kind of like the show, too. Maybe Frakes didn't Troy, like her so much. Her and Troy maybe like never had anything to do. Like, very rarely they got their episodes. But majority of the time, it's... Yeah, that's it's, true. It's, it's just a sad display of how like, the writing was for women yeah. in science fiction at the time. We've come leaps and fucking bounds since then. Mm-hmm. But watching this movie is still right. like, well, at least Troy's down on the planet. She's talking to Zephyr Cochran. She's getting shit done. Yeah. And then we cut back to the doctor who's just like, <laughs> well, I'm going to give more exposition gobbledygook here about technology. What yeah. were you saying in the movie? Um, every time they do science jargon, 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 jargon. Yeah, because yeah, they just, that's, and, and I love the science of Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know. Because it, it's, it's technically based on real stuff. Correct, yeah. but sometimes they do. They just, yeah. they just kind of. Well, there's always that meme, like, well, did you reverse the polarity yes, of something? Something. Yeah, you're just like, oh, okay. You know, it's like, I would keep waiting for somebody to say, well, uh, unplug it for 30 seconds and plug it back in. Well, that's <laughs> I really yeah. want that to, I really wanted that to happen at one point. But, you know, it's like, then it goes to like Data, who's like the ultimate of the, the computer jargon. You know, yeah, but he and, says it in such a way that it's it's funny, right? Because everyone around him doesn't understand right. what he's saying. Too another reason I think I because like, Data's always been a, a gosh. I think every character in Next Generation I, I love, and Data's obviously one of the classic characters. Did you, lo- did you love Wesley? So, oh, Wesley! <laughs> How come he wasn't in this movie? Because they knew better. <laughs> Where did he go? Well, I never thought about that. Well, timeline I did not miss him at all. Well, timeline was, because in season five, he got kicked out of the academy. Yes. Well, he left the academy because they had the incident where he accidentally killed one of his fellow cadets during a maneuver they weren't supposed to do. Right. I'm so fucking nerdy that I know this this fast. And then he comes back later in a season seven episode where the traveler, who's like this weird Jedi dude that like takes him on journeys around the galaxy. They wrote him his character as he goes on journeys with this dude. Okay. He comes back in Nemesis as a cameo yeah. at the wedding of uh, Troy. And... Is that the last time he comes back? Has yeah. he ever been in any other ones? No. Nemesis is Where his... is he now? He went back to Starfleet, so you assume he's probably <laughs> captaining his own ship at this point. Uh, he had Nemesis had thirty minutes of a, I think like I think the C plot was him cut all of it out, like he just cut right on the cutting room floor. Wow! I think some of it could be on the Blu-ray. Interesting. Probably not important to the story, but Nemesis has its own issues, so it's like. Why worry about the Wesley Crusher C storyline? Oh, poor Wesley. Yeah. But poor in, Wesley. But uh, what I've always enjoyed about Data is, you know, he's supposed to be kind of your Spock character. Sure. You know, with no humanity, blah, blah, right, blah, blah, blah. Right. But he's the most human. He has more emotion. Yes. From the start, and the, even he, more so in this. Well, now one. he has the chip. He's got the chip. Yeah. But even when they tell him in the in the movie, they're like, you know, it'd be best because they're going into battle. Right. Like, best if you turn off your. Yeah, he your still emotion. has. And he gives the little head shake, you know, yeah. like neck kink, and yeah, he turns it off. Right. It's the, it's always been a debate. He always has emotion. Even like, then, he's yeah. still the way he asks and phrases his sentences and, and his questions are full of emotion. They're like. Okay, that's... I never understood the thing that they always said he can't do... Um, I forget the technical term for it. Like, he ha- he can't say can't. It's always, I cannot do that. Okay. Um, why? 
You're a fucking is, computer. Is if that, the captain is that a said human thing, right? Like if the captain the... ordered you say can't, right? Then he has to because it's not proper. When they wanted them to make sure he was remind you he was an android, they always right. kind of do a stupid sciency thing like that. Right. Uh, you had issues with Jordy LaForge eyes, his eyes. I always liked his visor. I always because it's just to me it 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 was just another kind of science thing that was sure, know, but. In Not really future, a prosthetic, but an actual kind of scientific thing that made the blind guy see. Sure, but in the and future... And now he's just got bionic eyes. Yeah, but that's what he should have fucking had from the start. You think so? Yeah. Uh, We're in the future. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you could replace, like, whatever optical nerves and stuff There's like that. There's a robot sitting next to him. I think you can. Uh, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I always liked the visor. I always thought it was cool. Matter of fact, so much so that when I, when I would see him... You know, later doing reading Rainbow or or whatever Sesame Street or whatever yeah. he'd appear on, and you'd see his real eyes. You're like, ah, that just freaked me out. Well, and then was it <laughs> freaked me out? What's freaky in this one is they gave him like the blue eyes, big right blue eyes, and he's yeah. he, he's got um, six million dollar man eyes. He does. Like every time they zoom in, I expected the yeah the close-ups of his eyes doing the you know what's okay because the next one they his eyes grow back on the the youth planet. So eyes that he never really had to no they never had they rebuilt them they've given him. Yeah, so by the last movie, he's got, I Some think, prosthetic real, eyes, real I guess, eyes. Something like that. Yeah. In fact, you know, to be honest, I'm so not caring about his eyes by Nemesis. I don't remember if he has bionic eyes or the eyes that he grew back in Insurrection stayed. Like, realized. Yeah, like, he makes a line, a dialogue in Insurrection about how he doesn't care if his real eyes stay or go, but he's going to enjoy the sunset for the first time here and right, now. Right, right, right. But I don't remember a nemesis if there if was he, ever... <laughs> I never looked because I just didn't care. If he lost the... the yeah. Or if he's blue-eyed again. I think he's got normalized. Hmm. Some some nerd will tell me. I, I'm, You know, thank you. Leave it in the comment section so <laughs> yes. we know, please. <laughs> or I could just... <laughs> look it up. Yeah. Uh, I had I had this... When you were... Watched the movie, I had to look something up online because it confused me and I couldn't find an answer. They established in the series that there are a thousand to, there's about like 998 people on the Enterprise D at all times. So, okay, that's a ship that holds a thousand people or right. more depending on delegates and whatnot. Sure. Okay, that was Galaxy Class Starship. That was the D that got crashed right. in uh, when they let Deanna drive it and she crashed into the fucking planet. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Technically not her fault, but she like was her. at the it helm. It wasn't your fault, Deanna. Don't you listen to them. <laughs> you still at the helm. It's your fault. <laughs> it's like, okay. But so this one, they introduced the E, which is the Sovereign class ship, which is slightly smaller because it's now more of a battle cruiser than an exploration ship because now they're dealing with different things. Right. You know, which I think the E is. Fucking, it's a sexy goddamn ship. I want it's that's the ship, ship I want. Like if I had to live in a ship, that's the ship. That's the Enterprise I want. Is the E? Uh, I could not find how many people were actually on the E. Mm. Like because they don't tell you in the right. movie. Why I was wondering was okay. So the Borg come over and assimilate. They say they assimilate more than half the ship. So does that mean? The ship and its crew are assimilated. So if they have the, let's say they have six hundred people on that ship, right? We only deal with like ten because right. we deal with the, maybe a the, few extraneous, right? You know, so not how many boards were running around? <laughs> how many board like on deck sixteen, which right. is the one they took over? So I have to assume that. They only stayed to an engineering. I mean, we saw a lot of Borg in the movie. 
You see more Borg than you actually see crew members. Right. Think, right. That, that's my point. Like, ah. So how many crew does the Galaxy class or the Sovereign E hold? Like, I couldn't find it online. I'm sure if I'd looked deeper, I could have found it. Right. I'm assuming maybe a 700 crew. But, like, how many of those guys turned into Borg? Because at the end of the movie, when we saw the lifeboats popping off... There wasn't that many. No, there's like 20 of them, right? <laughs> going down to an Earth that have never seen aliens so before. So is it like, a, space. Is like, it like a 300 man cruise ship? It has to be more than that. And then the other question what it really was is what happened to the all... Because they all evacuated the ship, right? Right. Went down to Earth in their safety pods. Well, right? he said to go find a place in northern North America. If you and, see one of my crew, well, that hand was, them this. Well, I'm sure they got to go to Riker. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. Like, so they've just landed somewhere on Earth. Right on Earth, there's a there's a there's a there's a little camp with fifty sixty people in it, right? <laughs> at least right 50, building 60. a rocket, right? Because fifty and sixty people can can build a rocket, sure, right? And then but we only ever saw two. All <laughs> these escape pods land somewhere on the Earth, well, North America continent. He okay, said. okay, <laughs> he said it. <laughs> okay, so they're landing somewhere on America. Let's just okay, right? Which is not small, but you have to remember they were like, just had a war. Most cities are destroyed. Okay. They probably could sneak into something and, and hold up for a little bit. For a while, and, but my point was that at the end of this movie, they're like, they just jump back into hyperspace and disappear, well, yeah. leaving their crew behind. They, you you Maybe think they didn't pick somebody, up their crew? What, did just, they? Yeah, of course they picked oh, up the crew. They never said that. They never, they never like, hey, maybe we should beam those guys back up. Because it's not important to the plot. I just thought they just... You can't well, either is me wondering how many fucking people are on the ship is important to the plot either, but it's just something <laughs> I got caught up into. Well, well your, wife, your was, wife got caught in the... I, I call it the, the vortex of time. Oh, she got yeah. in the, the caught in the time travel paradox issue about like... So, they're there... The Borgs try to stop first contact, which is Zephyr and Cochran, you know, flying the first warp drive to space or whatnot. Right. Okay. So they go to make sure that continues. So does Picard's crew, are they actually the ones that created? They, I think they were the first contact. Exactly. The, or, the crew of the Enterprise or, or did they have the first to, contact. But, but, but how did they get there? Your wife used the example right. of Benjamin Franklin and the kite and the electricity with the key. Like... If he was just playing with a kite and then someone walked by, you're a time traveler and goes, hey, you know, it'll work better if you put a key on. But, like, how did you know to put the key on? Because you had been told the story that there was a key on the kite. Divine inspiration. Right. So it's, you got caught and I just told right. her, I told her the Doctor Who thing. It's timey-wimey. It's not linear. It just is a weird thing. It. Because ultimately, like, when he does take off in the ship, yeah. he's sitting in the seat. There's two other seats. And it has... What, were those seats built Riker, specifically for Riker, Riker and Jordy? <laughs> or were those always like, there? Who were yeah. the other two guys who were supposed to be in that but seat? But there was many people had been know. killed. So you don't know if he had a crew. Right. Yeah, again, not important to the plot. But not it's at all. funny to just think about. Uh, the Borg itself, though, I, I think their plan was solid. Go back in time. Fuck shit up. Borg. Because then, yeah, correct. You know, uh... If you keep with that, I think they're just evil. I mean, but for evil for no real purpose at this point, like we haven't got a lot of their backstory yet, like future Trek episodes try to give them like a a, a through line, like why they do the things they do. At this point, they're just 
evil. Are and they evil though? That's that's because really the thing. Are they evil or are they just driven to do something that we're not right. accustomed to? I don't want to be a Because they, they won't kill you unless you're threatening to them. You know, because they walk, continue to say, don't you put, lower your weapons. Right. And they won't harm us. And then nobody lowers their weapons. They all have their weapons still pointing out. At that time, though. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to harm you eventually. Eventually. I think it's arrogance. They don't need to harm you right now. Because you're going to, you're already dead to them. Correct. They'll get you eventually. That's true. You know? That's true. Um, I do like, I do like the they're cube. Like, they're like corporate you know? takeover. They're going to get you eventually. They're the 1%. <laughs> I, I felt like the uh, the cube is the you know the opposite of the Death Star, and this one actually there's a point oh, yeah, where they the, blow the, up the cube, the Borg sphere, and yeah. the Borg cube literally shits out uh, uh. a Death Star, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and then they blow it up. Yeah, but it didn't have the big ring, the Death Star ring. That is true. It didn't have the George we Lucas have, have that useless budget. ring. Can you imagine <laughs> if they'd have put that in there? People that would have been lost fucking them. hilarious. They'd have lost their brains. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad enough that Picard even knew it was like aim your. Aim your uh, weapons at this particular I don't spot. Know. He was a Borg for a while. He would know their yes, vulnerable spots. Yes, but that's spots. literally like knowing where the where the uh, little hole, you know. The, I guess. You know. The exhaust port. The exhaust port. Uh, I, I like. No bigger than a womp rat. Star Trek has always had a weird kind of. Their villains are either really great or they're really shitty. Like, I feel there's no in between. Like, you, you talk about Khan, it's just Khan is awesome. Right. You know, and then there's like, uh, then, then you remember Spock's brother or Veacher. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's it's either good or bad, but like, I love the Borg Queen. I think she's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Her yeah. entrance with her oh. spine hanging out. Oh, God. And then the thing grabs in. her skin oh. and pulls it down on her breasts, and yeah. you're like, that's like, gross. I cosplayed. I would love to cosplay that. I, I've never personally seen a cosplay someone as the Borg Queen. I know people have done it. Right. Because. Cosplays oh, will do everything. Fantastic. I've always wanted to come as a Borg to like Halloween or Comic Con or something, but I really don't have the technical advanced know how to do all LED lights. And I saw a really fun costume of a lady who went as the Borg Cube. She had like a ah. cardboard box with like blinking lights under her hands or like sticking. I was like, that's kind of fun. That's clever. Uh, Star Trek Con, sure. Comic Con, no. You can't walk around in a fucking box. No. You're just in the way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Borg... I like the Borg, as we said earlier. Yeah, but the, yeah, the big, Borg Queen, I think, is... Because it was the first time they put a face to the Borg. Like, before then, they were just, like, the unknown yeah. ent- the unknown entity with the voice. Right, And then, right. like, now we have this well, that was Dana, singular villain. Yeah, Dana's yeah. whole question is, like, are you the leader of the Borg? Like... Yeah, she never answered him. She did yeah, in her right. own way. She gave some jargon answers. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, sci-fi like, jargon. Sci-fi like, jargon. Oh, okay, well, that makes sense. There, it's funny. I know you don't like Enterprise, but I'll bring it up. There's an episode <laughs> in, I think, season one or season two of Enterprise where the Borg from first contact that crash-landed have been frozen oh. in like the Arctic. And they actually uncover them. They've been there since first contact. And they uncover them and they thaw them out, not knowing what they are. They kill a bunch of people and take off. And Scott Bakula, <laughs> fucking Quantum Leap's got to go shoot their ship down. And they fight a bunch of Borg, but they don't know what they are. And they make hmm. a reference to, 
hey, remember when if you got Zephyr and Cochran really drunk, he would tell a crazy story about cybernetic men and people from the future? Oh, wow. And they make like a reference joke like, nah, that couldn't have been that. Ah. But they proceed to say that they those Borg from that time period sent out the signal that Picard stopped in this movie these Borg actually successfully sent out the signal like 60 years later, mm. which is the signal that Q brought the, them to when the Borg were on their way to the Alpha Quadrant from the Delta Quadrant. They tied it all. Like, dude, we're yeah, talking yeah, beautiful yeah. mind red strings nice. across the room. Yeah, that's clever. Not needed, but fun. Yeah. Just to try to give a ratings boost to yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, that's what they do that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, they're like, hey, here's a ratings boost. Uh We'll yeah. bring in the Borg. I don't think I ever gave Enterprise enough of a chance. Um, just, you with the world. It didn't. Yeah, it just. <laughs> it didn't have enough of the the cool space stuff it's, it's, that I was so wanting. You know, all of it. It's there. Of it. You just have to really dig for it. Yeah, I feel it was. It yeah. was too earthy. <laughs> in this fair, and they don't go back to Earth very often. But you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like it, they're just not. It well, wasn't you, advanced enough. It wasn't you advanced made a, science enough. You made a joke during the movie with no knowledge that when the Vulcans land at the end of the movie, yeah. and you're like, wouldn't it be funny if they just shot them all? <laughs> There's an Enterprise episode <laughs> where they take place in the Mirror Universe where they reenact, they cut in real footage from the movie, and they reenact Zephyr and Cochran shooting the Vulcans right. to take their ship. Scary <laughs> aliens. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so it's just funny you made that statement. I'm like, you have no idea. Well, it was kind of weird. Like the, the ship opens, and then he comes, you know, comes walking out, and he just stands there. Yeah, I, I, and stands there. It's a Vulcan. Was he? He's not going to jump there. for joy. I mean, and then they then they cut to a little bit later, and they're sitting there drinking, you know, whiskey and and singing and dancing. Well, and that's the end of the movie. But it's I don't know. I, I'm not going to lie. I tear up at that. Do you? I do. I love Vulcans. Uh, well, of course, because I mean, it's it's you know any any memory of spot, if, anything. No, but there's the thing going to get it. It had to be Vulcans. Just nostalgic-wise and Spock, Kirk, all the stuff that we know about... The Vulcans had to be the ones to make... To come down there and make first contact, or as you second like to say, contact. second contact. <laughs> but I told, I made you, I made a statement during the movie though. If you notice, there ain't no aliens on that planet helping them build that ship, right? Or right. maybe that's where all the seven hundred people were. They were down there building the yeah. ship, but they left all the alien crew members up on board when we only really saw like three or four anyway. You right, know, right. You know, there was Worf, and I think I saw Bolian once. <laughs> Right. That blue dude. I mean, Data's down there, but he's not. Yeah, but he comes back yeah, up yeah. though, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. With this smattering of makeup, uh, you were really thrown off by the makeup. I don't know if it's maybe just the HD of it all. You know, we are watching it's it on, possible. on a Blu-ray, but wow, there was like caked on well, uh, makeup to you know to give is... him his coloring. And I actually feel like the coloring is different from when the TV show. Well, was they on. did. I mean, they had more completely you know, money. Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Lighting's definitely better. I mean, so maybe the, it was the first time we... He definitely had makeup If on. they had that much more money... Well, I mean, it was the advent of, of digital, you know, coming into, you know... They, they did shoot it on film, but there was a lot yeah. of digital effects. Uh, well, this, you said it was... This is the first time this they CG... the first CG any Trek ships. Yeah. Like no more models. So that was yeah, D, obvious, the, but... but uh, Generations was the last model we saw crash land. Yeah. Kind of poetic in its own right. Like, oh, here's an industry going down the tubes, right, too. Right, right. Uh, you know, and then we got that oh, sexy ship. 
Yeah, but they could have built that, that as a model. It was, uh, no, it was uh, when it looked cool. I don't know. I don't know. My toy looks pretty good. Practical about them. <laughs> that I sit in my bathtub at night and play with. <laughs> <laughs> Too much information. Uh, I I I don't. It's it's uh, it's hard to look at the data thing. It's weird because you are you're not wrong. He's caked on pancakey. Yeah, it's not flesh tone. But right. it is. But in the show, he was also all those things, but like on a lower bad lighting budget. So it's like, okay, how much androidy do we have to remember that he is? You know what it is? He looks plastic in this. More so than he did. Right. On the, on and the even show, in the, the last show. movie, Generations, like he cries and it you can see the tear like going through, through the, the makeup. makeup. Yep. Like it's like I this that. makes yes. like a trench and you're like, oh right. man. Like, and again, I don't know if that's the because you watch it now on a Blu-ray that it's so the the de- you know, such a you. high definition kind of thing as opposed to watching it. I think they just had the opportunity to finally make him look more like an android and they went for it. Huh? I, I I don't know. I never thought of him not as an android, so I guess you didn't need to do it. Right, I kind of felt right. like he's that good of an android that he fakes for human. Like, he passes. We don't need him to have, like, yellowy skin. Yeah. The eyes are fine. Knock yourself out. There's right, right, aliens right. walking around, so have a yellow right. eye. But I like the look. I think the prosthetics on him as the um, half-face is awesome. That was great. That, looks, that, was that great. still holds or up. Or any of the I part mean, where the board queen is, like, giving him the skin and <laughs> gives him the, yes, gives him the so patch of skin... With the little hairs yeah. on it, which is kind of weird, obviously digital, but but I mean, come on. Then he he she blows on his she, she yeah. gives him a blowjob. Yeah, she blows on his skin, and he's like, oh. "It's weird." I was like, that was awkward. It's, that was awkward. I don't know what's more <laughs> awkward: watching Data in the second or third episode, Bone Tasha uh, or this. Like it's funky because you're like, okay, yeah, you knew you knew there was subsexuality. I mean, he what he even says in the, this one the line of like, you know, that's my I am a full I am fully, fully functional, functional in my sexuality. Oh, it's like, no, he did. I don't need that line. Yeah, it's, I don't need that line. It's and just, then they kiss and it's like, well, right. you know what? Here's the problem with that is that implies that now the Borg, like she had a sex drive, right? Like, which would, in my opinion, goes against. Everything, Everything you know that, about the Borg. But then again, she is a non-individual individual. Like, she says she's not an individual, but, yeah, but she clearly but is, is the individual. essence of the Borg is that every one of them adapt and feel exactly what the, every other one, in, which is why they become immune to, yes. to the weapons. Yeah. Like, oh, we can shoot them 12 times. No, we can only really shoot them four times. Until the next time when we can only shoot them one time. Right. Yeah, there's... When we're walking in space. I don't know really if Really slowly with magnets. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's inconsistency or if it's just she is an anomaly in the Borg. Right. Um, they... I, she just I, says I, it all the time. I am... I am yeah, I have to rewatch some of the Voyager episodes with her and kind of see where they go with it. Because... Her and Janeway, like, become, like, nemeses. Like, they kind of go at it all the time. Yeah. And it's kind of, like, I would feel... That's the thing. It's like, for the example... Wait, is this pre-Voyager? Voyager is going, but not the final episodes of Voyager yet. Okay. Yeah. So, so her dying in this one is her 
ultimate death or no she... this was the ultimate death at the time God. and then well remember remember she says in the dialogue in the movie because Picard's like well all those Borg were destroyed and she's like you think of things so three dimensional right they, uh, they've always implied and they do this in Voyager that when you blow up a Borg queen there's always another one like a and Hydra they, type thing right yeah. and they kind of um, they go further in the novels that the first Borg was based on this woman so that is the she always will form into sure. that. No matter what female right, they right. capture. Whatever DNA they they will make they sure it's her. Interesting. Okay. Um there's a, there's a kind of an infamous novel, um, I can't remember the name of it right now, where uh they kill Catherine Janeway off. She becomes the Borg Queen. Oh. And and but the Borg no longer assimilate, they absorb. We'll see that movie. Um, the book is actually pretty good. It's like mm. seven of nine, and Picard have to team up with Riker's ship and go kick ass. They go destroy Janeway with Voyager. Seven of nine. But it's like they absorb Pluto, and they become <laughs> a planet-sized uh-huh. Borg ship because they no longer assimilate. They absorb. It's it's mm. funky. Um, is that why Pluto's not a planet anymore? That's the reason. <gasps> uh, Peter David wrote it. Who's he's a he's a big writer for sci-fi. Also writes a lot of X Men. Um, he is definitely a hate or love writer when it comes to this. Yeah. Because all the Janeway people really were pissed that why would you kill off someone? And his reasoning is like, I hated Janeway. I want to kill her. Mm. Like it's just like, well, don't be a dick. <laughs> I saw him at. I was at Comic Con one year. He was on the X-Men panel that we just happened to be in. It was the coincidental that it was the same year that number book the final book in the Harry Potter series had come out. Okay. Literally three days before Comic-Con. So it was the most quietest Comic-Con in line because everyone's reading Harry Potter ah, while they're waiting while they're to waiting. get in the line. That's awesome. So we're sitting in the panel listening to him talk about what he's going to do with Nightcrawler that season or whatever the fuck. And they introduce him. They're like, oh, and Peter David, writer of uh, you know, X-Factor. And he comes up and he's like, hi. Hermione dies and just kind of steps back. And it was the room of like hearing a thousand nerds fainters snap shut. Because they just, no one had read it yet. No one had finished the book just yet. Right. And he just kind of sat there. And he like skipped a couple of beats. And he leans back in and he's just like, I really don't know. I haven't read it. And he's just like... Yeah, asshole. An asshole. <laughs> so ever since then, so to hear him in interviews be like, I don't, well, I don't like Janeway. I don't fucking like kill her. I'm I like, I don't like you. <laughs> I don't like him <laughs> at all. You killed Janeway. <laughs> wow. Uh, but weird. I like, yeah, it's it's weird to see the Borg Queen have stuff that aren't Borg, but yes. But she does some say sort of big she emotions. is different, she, but she isn't different. It's weird. I think, right, right. I think it really matters to, um, a really good writer would know how to handle that. Maybe in the new series, if they ever bring back the board, they can kind of flush that out and streamline what, why she was so different. Then again, they may have said it in Voyager. I just have, it's been a while since I've sat right, through right. those episodes. Uh, overall, I feel like this movie hits all the points. You know, it, it, uh, it, it gives us a little, little taste of everything. It gives us a little taste of well, this Earth. is considered their action. Gives us a little movie. taste of, of yeah. uh, you know, a little bit of time travel, a little bit of, you know, all all the highs and lows gives us a little holodeck, you know, kind of a fun <laughs> kind of a fun little holodeck scene Which, with with Picard. I'll be honest, until tonight was the first time I understood why he did the holodeck. Was because they could not get 
the the phasers to go through they've adapted they right. can't adapt to bullets correct i never until tonight it was the first time correct. i clued in on that. i was like oh that makes sense yeah uh, yeah sure i guess for all these years of watching i just, yeah. just didn't care kind of fun you because know? it's nice to see him with a tommy gun yelling yeah he gets into um, like gangster mode from the which from is this fun. book and you know and, and, and the chapter's different i like it's always fun to see a holodeck thing it's always oh, fun to I'm see a, i'm a sucker for the holodeck goes crazy episode i need oh, at least yeah. two a season give it to maybe me. one sometimes there were two parters so you got you're give like it, oh good give it to me i love it i love it so much that's I, I the would, kind of science that i want that's the problem with enterprise right yeah no holiday no holidays ds9's holodeck go crazies were not ds9 is not my favorite either so I, I urge you to rewatch it it's better than you are remembering yeah but, but <clears throat> The DS9 holodeck episodes were kind of not the best. Voyager had some fucking kick-ass ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's, I, when the Herogen take over the ship and it's all Nazis, I'm like, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> World War II, 7 of 9, yeah. no understanding what's happening. 7 of 9. <laughs> so. 7 of 9. Her and T'Pol, it, it's so, I get it. You're a woman and you, you need, to, you, you ratings, you need to be sexy in space. I get it, but. <laughs> Why are you not wearing what everybody else is wearing? It's, I, you know, it, I find Deanna Troy to be at least twenty years ago incredibly sexy. Like, I, oh, I'm not denying she's sexy. I, my problem is that I, not the actress. <laughs> my problem is Troy. <laughs> like, she just has fuck all to do. I don't know. I always found her quite appealing, even in the show. There they, some... Even there's an episode of the show where she's like, "I sense his anger," and Picard looks at her and goes. You don't have to be a psychic to know that. Oh, well, then you don't need well, to yeah. be here. <laughs> like, uh, no, but it's it's even in like up until season five when she was forced to put on a uniform. I, I didn't. Why are you walking around in dresses? Like, are you not an officer? Right. You sit next to the goddamn captain. Right. What are you? I right. never, as a kid, I never understood it. And uh, Marina Sirtis has said in interviews, she goes, the reason is is she couldn't fit in the uniform. Like they were, she she's very been very vocal that she's had really? a lot of weight issues. And yeah, the yeah. first three or four seasons, they were just you're too big to be in a uniform. Really, I didn't Crusher lucked out because she's an athletic woman, and they gave her the long jacket. Oh right. So here's yeah. a long ugly jacket oh that'll gosh. cover everything. You know, it's interesting. She lost a lot of weight and got into healthy shape. And then season six, or five or six, they were like, oh, well, now you can get a uniform. And I've talked to ladies, and I listened to a, a really good yeah. web, uh, podcast called Women on Warp that discuss all Star Trek lady stuff. And they were talking about that they finally felt that she was an actual character when she was in a uniform. Because she no longer looked different. Hmm. Like, oh, here's the dress. Oh, she's right. an officer. She's a fucking lieutenant commander. Like, she can take control of the ship. Right. There's episodes where they're like, well, who's in charge? Well, Troy. Yeah. They're, like, they're like, no, really. <laughs> who's in charge? Because oh. shit be bad. Right. You, you know, and it's it's sad. that Again, going back to how women were written in the 80s for yeah. everything, but especially sci-fi. If you weren't Ripley kicking ass, it's kind of like, it's either you were a hardcore bitch kicking ass, or you were... A walk like walkover sexy nymph or something right. like there was no in between. Yeah, because clearly women didn't think or have feelings. Oh. Kind of like if you ever really watched the sixties show, 
The still original series? Yeah. Oh. That's wow. that's rough. It's the 60s. I, I, I know, but that's, it, not, forward, that's not an excuse. As forward-thinking as Gene Roddenberry was in those days, like, yeah. it was still... You oh, still had to fall rough. within yeah. some parameters of what was acceptable yeah. then. And it was controversial enough as it, as it was. So I was talking to a friend recently about the Star Trek in the 60s and how they wrote women. And I used the example that it was not... It's over the top because it's sci-fi, mm. But let's, if you juxtapose it to the 60s Bond films and how badly women were treated in those as well. And my friend, who is a woman, was like, well, she goes, all the Bond films are over the top. So it kind of gets away with it. And I was like, does it? Mm. Like the one that always stands out to me is Goldfinger in the beginning where he's wearing the terry cloth onesie, onesie, (laughs) which is really disturbing. And he's like... Oh, you, uh, go away, sweetheart. Men talking. And he slaps her on the ass and she yes. walks away. And you're just like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. 60 years of like, just smack me in the face. I'm right, like, oh, right. Jesus Christ, I'm terrible. We're terrible people. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, that would never fly. No. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's it's rough. Uh, uh, yeah, Holodeck. <laughs> that's, that's where I started here. Uh, yeah, just to just hitting all of like I said all of the key the key things and that you want out of a Star Trek. Yeah, you get and, action. Everyone yeah. gets lines, no matter how right. ridiculous some of them are. So, yeah. uh, you get the friendships, the relationships. You get time travel, and not stupid. No, like they're not no. dealing with the eighties. Correct. You know? Correct. <laughs> you know, no, there's no, was, there's no pretty nuclear good. vessels. You yeah. know. Uh, and, and, you know, it's the action movie. And I also, as a standout, you get um, James Cromwell, who is always good. Yeah. And you get Alfred, uh, Alfie Wooder, I can never say her name properly. Lily. Lily, Who I yes. could watch. Who had... I could watch her yell at Picard all day right. long. <laughs> like, right. That whole scene with her talking to him about uh, Captain Ahab's got to go chase his white whale and he's... Shit, yelling and breaking shit. Yeah, like, that's yeah. a good scene. That's a good scene. That's one of those. Remember, he's a Shakespeare actor. Let's let him let him yell for a right. while. You know, <laughs> and and delivered. I, I'm actually curious. Is this is the first time that this line was ever delivered? That they actually said the words Star Trek in any other episode. Yeah, and the way he says it, though, it was is so it like was, you. What was it? You people. I wrote it down because yeah. I want to, you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and I'm curious to know if, if that's, if, if they, the word Star Trek have ever been mentioned in a Star no, Trek episode. No, I think this is the first one. Ever yeah. before. So I thought that was kind of fun. To, it's that, funny, but the way people, he says it. You're all astronauts. It's just for us. It's, 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 it's a stupid line of dialogue for them. I loved every No, I but it. I mean, they're not going to go, yes, we're on a Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. <laughs> like, just... Yeah, you know, I'm not going to use the force. You know, it's just a that's for us. I always like, wonder if that was like a, a Frakes thing. Like, you know, I want to work this in somewhere. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's somewhere fine for the movie. Somebody coins the phrase, so or maybe no one understood what the fuck Star Trek was, and they were like, <laughs> "We're going to spell it out." Some These are of, astronauts right, who are now in a space navy. Yeah, <laughs> on a Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, that was anyway. That was one of my favorite lines in the movie. That it was. I was. I I always enjoy the idea that it is that they are some sort of sci, science military. Yeah, I. That's how I've always liked. I know Ron Bear really hated that. And, and, and really? Look, yeah, he just never. He, like he he fought with Nicholas Myers 
for Wrath of Khan when Nicholas Myers came in and rewrote a lot of Trek mm. and was like, no, they're kind of like a military. And they were very, like, they're it's explorers. military, but they're definitely explorers. Right. And that's why there's certain episodes and there's certain dialogues later in the series where they're like, well, are we explorers or are we this? Right. You know, because we do have like photon torpedoes. And, yeah, you know, it's like we are well, well armed to shoot things out of the sky. Well, my dad, my dad really gets irritated when we watch certain episodes of Trek. Uh, no matter what season it is, mostly not next gen because Picard was a lot smarter than that. But like, especially Enterprise, because we just finished it, so it's fresh in my mind. But like, Captain Archer is hello, welcome. We are from Earth. Come on board. Right. Everybody attacks them. <laughs> like there's not like a single person that doesn't open that hull and shoot it down. It, and my dad's like, really, by the third time, I feel you'd be like, how about we just talk over the view screen? You don't need to come over just yet. Right. You know, maybe I'll get to know you a little bit first. You know, yeah, it's, it's in, in Janeway's kind of the same way, but in her defense though, they're in a, you know, they need help. They're lost in the Delta quadrant. They can't, Assume everybody's out to get them. And not all of them were. Yeah. You know, you got Neelix, the Jar Jar of the Star Trek community. The Jar Jar of the Star Trek community. There's been a lot of debate online if it's Neelix or Wesley Crusher as the Jar Jar of Star Trek. Back to Wesley. Well, he he didn't show up anymore. I don't know. I feel like maybe neither of them are. You just don't need to worry about them. You think he's better that he's not on them anymore? I think he just feels like he pissed off somebody and... What do you mean? Like Wesley Crusher or Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton. I don't think he gives fuck at all. Really? No. I mean, you know, what does he do now? He's like, show up occasionally. He's the king of the nerds, apparently. That's true. That's true. Show up occasionally to come. I'm sure he's fine. He's fine. (laughs) He has Still collecting residuals. He's fine. Somewhere in the world, you know, next generation is is playing. BBC America runs them. Weekly marathons. Oh, do they? Oh, every Saturday's like tonight's Picard night. You're like, so every episode? Like, <laughs> very rarely do we ever not deal with Picard. Um, this kind of more or less turned into a Star Trek podcast versus the first contact podcast, but that's okay. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it is the best Star Trek movie, Next Generation. Well, they're yeah, their movies. Yeah, I love them. I absolutely love them. Uh, mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan is good. Rather constant, amazing. It's an amazing movie. The nostalgia keeps me keeping it where I sure. hold it in esteem. Sure. Um, over time, I like six more. I love um, the undiscovered country. That's uh, with the Klingons, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I really love that one. That's yeah. Kirk and McCoy I think on the ice because when it came out, like we got the the first one, and uh, yeah, and then. <laughs> Then the first one happened. Yeah. Right. But remember how excited, you know, I, I remember seeing that in the theaters just going, oh my gosh, it's going yeah. to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I can't believe it. All coming back. You know, you're yeah. going to see it. And it was like, it was it. But then Wrath of Khan was to me like a real movie. It was, and they killed Spock. Like, it's a... Like, and that's the... Oh, but I mean... You know, that's the thing. You it's should, a real movie. Like, you, it's... Yeah, it's, it's a real movie and you brought it, it back. So it has much, an, it has everything you want in a sci-fi movie. So much and more it ties than the into TV the show. show. Yeah, but so much more than yeah. the TV show ever did. And then they kill off the main character. And you're well, the second. And you're just like, mm. no. No. 
you know, the next and, thing he'll be a hit, killing Han Solo. Yeah, and then and then it's like <laughs> you find out behind the scenes, like he's just like literally he was like, "Well, I'll come back if you let me direct part three. Yeah. and they're like, "Oh, okay, okay, like, sure, yeah, okay, know? yeah, that's great. Know, and part four, okay, check, check, check." <laughs> and then you know, Shatner's like, "Well, I'm not doing part five unless I can direct it too." And they're like, "Oh, oh Christ, God, okay, look what we did, yeah, Pandora's box." <laughs> yes. and now, and then there was nothing for a while, Shatner. and then six. What you got, Christopher Plummer as the evil Klingon with a patch? Right. I love it. Yeah. He's spinning in his chair, fucking quoting Hamlet and shit. And you're like, all right, this is crazy balls. Yeah, it was crazy balls. Kim Cattrall as the sexy Vulcan? I never bought that. <laughs> nope. Really? Never. Come on. That's where you're going to draw the line? <laughs> Kim Cattrall as, as a Vulcan? I, don't know. I guess that's like one of those things that like, now you look back on it and like, what the what were they thinking? Why? Well, she's fine. Kim Cattrall. Would you come fresh off of like Mannequin? Yeah, it was around that time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like Kim Cattrall. She's fine. Is I, I thought she was cute. She was great in the day for those romantic comedy type movies and stuff. Did not belong in Star Trek. Uh, she's fine. Uh, I, I, I have more issues with Robin Sirtis as um, Lieutenant Savick because Kirstie Alley couldn't do it again because of Cheers. Thank so, God. Oh, no. Come on. Christy Alley and Wrath of Khan. Christy Alley is fantastic. Oh, she's sexy in that. She's she a good she's That a good was before Vulcan. she went total whack job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pants. She's really good in that movie. And then yeah. because of Cheers, they had to bring in this other lady who's... Was that the reason? Did she just yeah, schedule conflict? Just, yeah, conflict stuff. Imagine. Um, the rumor was that um, Kim Cattrall's character was supposed to be uh, that character. Over time, had become bitter with Starfleet. And it would have been more of a betrayal for Spock hmm. when All she right. find, when she ends up being the bad guy, and you're like, oh well, fuck, you know. And it was Lieutenant Savick the whole time, you know, kind of situation. But again, I think it was scheduling conflicts, or she didn't want to do it, so they wrote another character. Huh. Nowadays, it, that would never happen. There's but so it's much, also so weird to think. Like but there's right also now. the weird thing that happened in uh, Star Trek Three that people don't like to talk about, but. Because you know how Spock's tied into the Genesis planet. Mm-hmm. It's growing mm-hmm. older. He's growing older. Right. He goes through Pon Far a couple times while they're on that planet. She's the only Vulcan there. Right. It's either mate or die. <laughs> Those are the only options. That is true. And there was apparently a subplot written at one point that she is pregnant with Spock's child at the beginning of Part 4. And that's why she stays on Vulcan. And they had a whole thing where like... If they were to continue more movies, that that she had his baby, and this was written, this was supposed rumors. This, look, it's online, so it has to be true, right? <laughs> but I mean, right, read it on the internet. But what is fact is that we saw him go through Pon Far, and she had to deal with that somehow on Vulcan on the Genesis yeah. planet in Part Three. Mm-hmm. This is just weird. Pon Far, it's fucked up. Interesting. All right. One of those things that I feel with today's writers. Yeah, could flush out. Oh, like would mate or die? Like those are your only options. Well, actually, death. it's three things: mate, kill, or die. You know, like, and you're like, oh, that's okay. it. But there's like, like mate or death. You know, mate, please. It's, it's just weird. It's a whole thing. That's a, you know that'll be for our Pon Far podcast. Uh, yes, first contact probably the best Star Trek and the Next Gen series um, number eight, which you could not believe. Gosh, <laughs> like, where's the time go? I mean, but and FYI, 
13 comes out this year. So yeah. they, they've yeah. made more movies than the Friday the 13th series. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm I'll always be they'll always get my money. Yeah. You know. I mean, honestly, even even the bad ones, I still just enjoy. I can go back and watch them and go. Okay. I, still, I still can watch part five. It's Not, awful, really. But I love it. I love it in its badness. All right, Star Trek Part Five. It's Star terrible. Wars Episode One. I told you, I don't have problems. One, my my issues are episode. Stop yourself. My, my episodes. Are, my my issues are Episode Two. Oh my god! Because I've made peace with all the drama. From one. <laughs> I've had. <laughs> Probably twenty years now to make. I can go my rest of my life without watching episode one again. That's fair. I could, if 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 episode if I was flipping through channels one day and and there it was on you know Star Trek Five, I'd just sit there and watch it That's just because it was on. <laughs> I get and it's physically funny. angry over episode one. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, all right, well that'll be us for this week. You know we're gonna boldly go on to whatever. Um, you can uh, we have all sorts of social media: Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we have the other podcast, Pixelated Geek. What's our website? Pixelatedgeek.com. <laughs> Pixelated. I can't say it's any late. of the other websites. <laughs> like I have another podcast with Elizabeth. She laughs every week that I can't say her other podcast. Like it's. I just functionally can't say it. You know what? Just go to pixelatedgeek.com. You'll see a menu. (laughs) They're all there. I'm on at least three. Uh, All right. That'll be us for this week. We will see you next time. Or listen to you next time. Say goodbye, Don. Goodbye. (laughs)